You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Hey friends, guess what? It's time for Soul Survival Weekend at the Omega Institute. I'm going to be in upstate New York at the Omega Institute on September 8th through the 10th, and I want you to join me. It's just a month away. I will be joined by the phenomenal psychic medium, John Holland. He is considered one of the world's foremost mediums in the world. You will experience his mediumship, and who knows, maybe he's going to connect with one of your long-lost loved ones. You will also hear from Anita Morjani, whose transformational near-death experience has changed millions of lives around the world. I cannot wait to hear about that. And Rebecca Campbell is going to guide us all through a beautifully nurturing soul journey that you will love. And of course, I am going to take us all through a very long and transformational past life regression session. We're also going to have a panel so that you can meet us and ask us any questions you'd like. We're going to be up there in the beautiful surroundings of upstate New York, nurtured by nature and just having a beautiful healing weekend of retreat, restoration and rejuvenation. So join me for soul survival, reawaken the joy within on September 8th through the 10th. And I cannot wait to see you there. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. Hey, dear one. I hope you're having a wonderful day. So for the rest of this season, I'm going to have some amazing interviews I hope you will enjoy, including the one today, which is with Dimitri. This is pretty entertaining, I think. We're going to talk about AI, which I think is a fun thing to talk about. Anyway, so for those of you in the United States, I want to wish you a happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoy your holiday. And guess what? I'm going over to the Omega Institute next week. I can't believe it. It's less than a week away. It is not too late for you to take a train, plane, or automobile over to Omega and come and see me. I can't wait. This is beautiful. It's out in the middle of the woods. 
it's going to be very, very healing and I would love to see you. But meanwhile, um, I hope you enjoy the interview today, keeping you in my thoughts and prayers. And so let's settle in and check it out. Hey, dear ones, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I'm so happy to welcome back to the show my friend Dimitri Moretis. He is involved in the director of the Spiritual Arts Center. You can see him online at spiritualarts.org. This is a fantastic um, online school, many, many beautiful books about spiritual wisdom. And today we are going to talk about one of his many books that he's co-authored with Barbara Y. Martin about heaven. Dimitri, welcome back to Healing Arts. It's so great to see you. Likewise. Thank you for having me on again. <laughs> yes. So yeah. you and Barbara have had a beautiful um, friendship and collaboration over the course of many years. This is a fantastic book about the heavenly realms. So I was wondering if you could tell us um, the inspiration for the book and, and tell us some of the yeah. wisdom um, there. Well, first of all, um, the books are kind of part of a series. So we've actually conceived of there's seven of them, part of what we call the seven spiritual arts. And the idea is to, to paint different facets of the metaphysical picture. Now, some are very specific, like with the aura, you're studying the aura. You know, with karma, you're studying karma, healing, healing. But with this one, we kind of, shall we say, pulled back to try to get the cosmological view of metaphysics. Why are you even studying metaphysics? What is the ultimate goal? What is spiritual growth? We're trying to answer sort of the, the big questions here. And at first you may think, well, what does heaven have to do with that? And heaven has a lot to do with it because heaven is part of our evolutionary process. So this book tries to answer those big questions. And like all the books, they're based on Barbara's clairvoyant experiences of actually having been on the other side, in this case, having been in the heaven worlds. And it's it's a fascinating, we found a really good illustrator too that did sort of spirit world illustrations for many years. So he, you know, we gave him what we needed, but he really got into the, you know, as much as you can on a canvas, it got you into the spirit of it. So we're we're very excited with this book because also we're noticing more and more people are wanting to know about their growth. They're wanting, they're wanting to go deeper now into the spiritual arena. So maybe they've had interest in certain facets of it. Now they really want to kind of develop, develop themselves. And the first chapter, which was almost going to be the title of our book, it's you don't go to heaven, you grow to heaven. So the idea is that heaven is a journey. It, it's not just, oh, I lived a good life, I'm going to heaven. I don't live a good life, I'm going to that other place. <laughs> there's, a, there's a process involved with that. And actually, all the traditions talk about it. Even you think, well, wait a minute, the Buddhistic tradition doesn't talk about heaven. Oh, study it. They've got a very elaborate process of, of heaven and so does the the vedic tradition you know has a very all these different layers and levels so you see that that you realize that all these traditions they're taking slightly different angles but it, it's there and even the seven heavens in the western it goes back to the sumerian and who knows how much further from there so it, it's a very ancient study um and um, it's hopefully the whole book. We're hopefully we're hoping the book is motivating people to make spiritual growth an even higher priority in their life. So much is going on in our physical world, 
and it can feel overpowering, right? I mean, now look what's happening. Everyone's talking about AI all of a sudden, you know, it's going to rule the world, you know. Um, so if you feel like you're kind of helpless in the dramas of the moment, uh, you miss the big picture. And of course, then you can feel a little victimized, uh, not realizing, no, we have control over all of this. <laughs> and we're playing a part. And these inspirations are coming in from the heaven worlds, from the higher worlds. They're trying to help us. Now we can misuse these inspirations, but they're coming in for a reason. It's not accidental. Yeah, it's such a great point. Um, I think people really are very overwhelmed with all of the things that go on in the world. And and I do love the idea of growing into heaven. Right. And the Buddhists have always believed that we're spending our time preparing ourselves so that we can experience a wonderful and peaceful death and go on into the next incarnation, et cetera, et cetera. And your work is, is aligned with that so well. Exactly. So they see it like, okay, heaven's not permanent. Heaven's like part of the journey. So based on your karma, you go to a certain heaven, you come back. Eventually, the idea is you sort of go beyond heaven to nirvana, sort of the ultimate. And even in our work, we say, well, heaven is not the end of the line. There are stages of heaven. It goes back to the divine source, too. So it really is speaking very much the same way. It's how it's been presented over the centuries and what's caught on. The material that you all write about, it's just so wonderful. It's so in-depth. Friends out there, I highly recommend all of these books. I mean, they're amazing. You really talk about the journey that the individual is going to make through these different stages to reach that higher ascension level. So what are some of, again, again, you need to read the book, friends. Okay, let me promise <laughs> you that. And the link will be below. But Tell us just some of the, the yeah. steps along this, this beautiful path that we're taking to enlightenment. Well, I'm glad you're asking such an in-depth question there. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, when we were putting the illustrations in, you know, in a book, you only have room for so many of them, a print book at least. And so we decided there are going to be eight of them. And and like, what, what eight depictions do you do on the other side? Is it going to be like a a travelogue, you know, if you had to only do eight pictures of a planet Earth and you had to describe to some being from another planet, here's what Earth looks like. You had only eight pictures to do it. Which eight would you choose? So what we decide is rather than try to depict the location so much, we pick the journey. So the eight illustrations are the different stages of ascent. And it begins from the awakening. So I'm sure many of your listeners, they wouldn't be here right now if they didn't have an awakening. If something, not because of somebody else, not because just something within them awoke, and they they maybe maybe didn't have a name for it or uh, you know understood it fully, but there was a shift in the way they perceive things, and they knew there's something more than just these physical surroundings. That's a spiritual awakening, and that actually happens as part of the journey as part of the evolutionary process. And that gets you on to the higher roads. You go into these different spiritual spheres where you're developing your character, a very important sphere, which people don't think about. There's what there's called the surrender of the lower nature and the resurrection of the divine nature. Uh, we, we know, for example, in Christian theology, there's the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, but all the mystical traditions have this theme of, in a sense, death and resurrection. 
And what it is, it's the death of the lower nature, the old, the, the part that's in part, and the resurrection of the true. The Yogananda spoke of self-realization you know, with a capital S, not, not the narcissistic self, but the immortal self. And that, you know, the Indians talk about breaking the world of Maya to see the real self. Plato talked about we're like chained to a cave looking at shadows on the wall, and we're trying to break that chain and get out to see the real world. So those happen at different stages there. And then that leads to a beautiful culminating moment where you have your enlightenment. And again, I know Buddha under the Bodhi tree had his enlightenment. If it was as simple as sitting under a Bodhi tree, we'd all be under the tree right now. <laughs> <You know? Yes. laughs> so exactly. there was much more. And people don't realize he had other experiences before that that led to that. It wasn't just that one experience. That was the culmination of a long journey. But beautifully enough, he described, it's not just for me. You're on that journey too. And you have that capability too, if you go through all these, these stages. And what did he even have to do? He had to leave wealth, fame, fortune, power. He had to leave all of that behind to go seek the greater life. So there was, again, that sense of death and resurrection that happens on the other side as well. And then there's a a realm in the other side or realms where you bring together and this gets into a little bit deeper waters the culmination of the journey in other words you know to understand growing to heaven we do have to understand there's a thing called reincarnation that you can't do it in a single lifetime i don't care how smart you are how good a life you live you know if you're in kindergarten you're not going to suddenly jump to graduate school even if you have, you're the best kindergartner the school has ever seen, you know, you still have to go through the stages. And that's what you do there. So I have this, maybe I live a really good life now, but what about two lifetimes ago? What about five lifetimes ago? What about the bigger picture? I have to clean all of that up. And also my accumulated knowledge. Let's say I'm, I learn a lot about math in this lifetime, but my next lifetime, I learn a lot about business or I learn a lot about art. The knowledge isn't really lost. It's just not all brought in, but at the same time. But at some point, it does all have to come together. And in these realms we call the interplanetary worlds, that's where all our accumulated experiences are kind of gathered up. And then that prepares us for the heaven worlds. And I know with heaven, a lot of people think, well, you know, if it's like sitting on clouds, playing harps all day long, you know, that 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 sounds like it's going to be a little boring and worrying just wide all day long. And that's not what heaven is like. Um, the way I like to describe it is try to imagine your most inspired day you've ever had in your life. Multiply it by about 100. And now you're understanding what life is like in the heaven worlds. You're more creative. You're more expressive. Everything is flowing. Love. All of it is flowing in greater you know, expressions, and it's not a static place. You're you're still growing in heaven too. You're still developing yourself. The you know, the mystic Helena Bovatsky, they asked her, what happens when you reach that high mystical state? Is it over? You know, um, and she said, No, you grow from perfection to perfection. Yes, you did climb Mount Everest. But you get to Mount Everest, you look back and you realize, oh my God, there's another mountain twice as big as Mount Everest. <laughs> I couldn't see it before, but now I can. And then that's the journey. So 
you 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 put all your heart into what you have now and it's like a cycle of activity you complete it you you accomplish you're mature but then there's more there's, then there's something else i think it would be a sad story if there was an end point because then what's after that what's the point if there's just, if it's just going to end at one point you know i really don't understand the womb to tomb thinking because gosh if you really thought it, you just you just this, the carcass goes in and that's it. And there's nothing except the memory of you. Oh my God, the closer I'd get to that point, the more scared I'd become. Uh, uh, Woody Allen had a great line, you know, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens, you know, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you think, but if you know there's a greater world, you realize, okay, one day I'm I'm done. The, the, the cage is set free. The bird will fly to, a, to, another, to another land. Yeah, I agree. I... I can't imagine not believing and understanding that there's something beyond this. Right. And it's something we have to all do on faith, obviously, you know, we don't necessarily, we, we can read your book and we can go on that journey and yet we still have to wonder, but I think through faith, you just kind of know that something good is, is coming here when we leave this place. And that certainly keeps hope, going anyway. Hopefully we're having internal promptings you know uh faith i love the biblical definition of faith it's giving substance to things not yet seen so it's a, it's an activity in a sense it's it's beyond a belief you're building your foundation on it but that foundation has to have some time some type of internal experience behind it that makes again it doesn't mean you have to be clairvoyant it doesn't mean you have to have an out-of-body experience per se my my first awakening was neither of those two things, but it was this shift in, again, I didn't know what the definition of it was at that time, but it was this upshift in consciousness, and it was just this extremely wonderful experience, and I just called it my inspiration moments. I was in the arts at that time, mm -hmm. and eventually got so strong, it was the awakening, and even then, I didn't have the word metaphysics for it, but then when I realized that's what it is, I, I couldn't get enough of it. You know, so whatever promptings you get, search further. And it is, you know, there's a beautiful um, ancient teaching. The seeking of the philosopher's stone sets the condition to find it. So as you're going out there, you are having changes happen within you. Hopefully you're seeing changes in your life. I can't say the metaphysical path is easy, but it's rewarding. And it makes you, it empowers you. It makes you feel I'm not necessarily in control of the world, but I'm more in control of me. And especially now with all this bombardment of stuff coming in, I'm able to make smarter decisions. I don't have to say yes to everything right now. And I, I'll be able to discern more, more clearly what's really good for me and what's not. And that's more important than ever because of the, the, the speed at which things are coming to us now. Well, you really um, hit it on the head there. Discernment is so important. And I think it's so difficult for people, especially because of what you mentioned. We are bombarded yeah. by content that's being slammed in our face. And I think um, it's overwhelming for many people. And I think it gets kind of challenging for some people to tune into the things that are making us feel good and to tune away from and out of things that are not empowering us and uh, just without becoming overwhelmed and not not give in you know I, I used to get i used to live in la and um 
the traffic there was, you know, <laughs> crazy. But what used to sometimes get me mad is when there'd be a huge traffic jam because of rubbernecking, right? People slowing down because there was like an accident on the other side of the road. There was nothing wrong with the side they were on. There was just this instinctual thing to slow down and say, what's going on? What's happening? So we we have, the, maybe it's an instinctual thing, almost like a, a morbid curiosity when something seems dangerous or, you know, we want to pay attention to it for a moment, but we don't realize a lot of that sensationalism, right? In news, they say, if it bleeds, it leads because yeah. they know it gets attention. They say, fake, you know, falsehoods travel in it six times faster than the truth because the falsehood is presented like the world is falling apart. Oh, really? You know, it gets it gets your attention faster. And like you're saying, you have to learn to just, you, you don't have to accept it all. You know, it's Bill right. Gates, uh, not Bill Gates, um, Steve Jobs said, I have to say no a thousand times to the one thing I have to say yes to. So also having that willpower to say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm just going to say no. I don't, I don't have to say yes to everything. I don't have to consider everything. I can take that time. And boy, if there was ever also a time for the Socratic method, it's now, right? We also have to question sometimes our own thinking. What are we, what are we entertaining? And if it's for some reason not the greatest, whatever, just change. You don't have to. You can, you can adapt. You're not, you're not forced to work and flow a certain way, you know. Wow, that's such a great point. I mean, we really do have to discern. We need to listen to ourselves and slow it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're in control, you know, like with the technology, technology is the tool, right? We are the controllers of the tool. I like to play a lot of piano. You know, I used to play piano a lot. And, you know, if the piano starts telling me what to do, <laughs> I know. no, here's how you're going to play the piece. No, no, no. I'm the pianist. You're the piano. Okay. You'll take my direction. <laughs> and we have to kind of do that with technology. We have to remember we're the boss. <laughs> yes. Yes. You mentioned AI earlier. That's so yeah. interesting. I've been thinking a lot about that too, because people are just like, oh my gosh, the robot overlords are coming to take over. <laughs> I, know. You know, I think you make a good point. It's the piano versus the pianist, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a great, that's a great episode. The piano versus the pianist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We will see out. which one prevails in the yeah. next yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> it could be all series. Well, I yes. think what's happening there is it's the uh, the effectiveness of it literally in the last couple of months has taken even the developers by surprise. It's exceeded their expectations and it's doing things they didn't even predict. So it is, it is feeling like, well, I'm almost like not in control of this. I just don't think we should give an AI a gun right now or anything that could do any harm. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't have any sense of discernment like you and I do. I don't care what you, it's still a computer. You know, it is not, not the computer, it didn't change. It's, it's how they create the algorithms that has created all this effect that we're seeing now and the speed at which they operate. Yeah. But still, if there was ever a time again to be discerning and to come back to spirit, because again, if I think I'm nothing but a bunch of neurons and cells and this and that, well, then I could say, well, how different am I from this machine? You know, if that's all, if I just see me as a machine and I don't realize I'm a life, I'm a soul, that machine is never going to do that. 
you know, it don't care. You know, it's just movies are making that. You know, we all saw the Matrix and we all saw that, you know, the things that, yeah, but it's a movie. It was designed to entertain you. <laughs> you know? Yes. I think George Orwell would be rolling over in his grave right oh, now. Oh, God. Well, somebody wrote a book, um, 2084. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, that was a good idea. They're trying to do that now. <laughs> That's only a few years away to be true. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm getting scared over Where here. Where will we be there? It'll be big, big AIs watching. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching something. You know how everybody's talking about this. The gist of it was what if the robots program, for example, to make a peanut butter sandwich, you're like, I need to make a peanut butter sandwich and you're in the way and it just, just you know, knocks you out of the way to get over there to make a it sandwich. Won't make so. that again. You, you think you can figure that out, but no, it's too many calculations already. It's doing what they're calling ghosting where uh, I think it's called ghosting. It asked AI one point, you know, I need a list of book book references. And it came up this long list of books. None of them were real. Right. It just created and they said, oh, this is a problem we haven't worked out yet, you know, where it's doing things that it, they didn't anticipate because it's not real. Remember all that, they have to tell the computer how to discern those things. Like you're saying, that's what they mean by teaching it. They have to figure out the, the algorithms. It's like a process. Okay, what would be the process of discerning if a book is real or not real? And then they have to, the, a human has to do that, figure out those steps, figure out the pieces of it, tell it to the computer, the computer will do it, but it, what it's also doing is making taking that same algorithm and applying it in other situations. But it's all just again zeros and ones doing this. It's not a soul yeah. doing this, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so weird. we shouldn't get too too. I was reading one really good article in New Yorker that was saying uh, he was a computer developer. I says I don't even like the word artificial intelligence. It's not intelligence. It's it, again, we, we we have to demystify what this is. It is doing some remarkable things, but let's realize what's really happening. So I think there's another example. Let's all take a collective deep breath. I'm glad you're worrying about it now because you better believe other countries are developing this too. It's not just yes. us, you know, so we do have to be alert and we do see already the potential dangers. You know, yes, when Einstein thought of the theory relatively, I don't know if he thought, boy, we could build a bomb out of this, you know, but that was one of the outcomes, right, of that, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time to be alive, I would say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing, you know, from the inspiration we get is that this is actually a, a, a well, we know this already, spiritually, there's already a renaissance going on right now. You know, to have a conversation like this about heaven world, my God, you, you, you would have to be in a mystery school or an ashram not sure. that long ago, not broadcasting yeah. it to the public, basically, right? So, and the reason for that is there's such a massive interest right now. So what we like to tell people, the inspiration we're getting is that the world is not getting better, it's worse, it's getting better. And the fear, the gloom and doom are the projections of our own fears, our own worries. Not that there aren't real problems in the world, but the overarching, we're going through these growing pains right now. We have to figure out how to manage these things because we're we're maturing as a humanity, but which means we're going to be given bigger tools, and we have to learn how to harness those tools. You, you don't want to stay at the at the baby stages as a civilization forever. You you want to you want to develop. So we're going through this exponential growth spurt right now, but it's clearly leading to something. 
you know, and we've got to, we got to, you know, one of the big goals of the Institute is not only to offer classes and workshops and things like that, but we're on a mission to really help reassign metaphysics its proper place in the study of human development. There were ancient societies that revered the mystical tradition. If you were in one of those mystery schools, it was like saying you were a top Navy SEAL. You may not go into the Navy SEAL program, but you respected those that did because you recognize its value. We're not in that society right now, right? But we should be because it would help us manage all of this that's going on. Uh, there was a really good uh, Solzhenitsyn, the, the the you know the writer, the Russian writer. He was quoted as saying, "When the Russian Revolution happened, some of the old you know peasants of the time said, this is all happening because people forgetting God.'" They're forgetting what's really important. And when you start taking the spiritual things out of the equation of a society, you do open up to a lot of other stuff. And it's not always the greatest. So it's important, things like what you're doing, you know, to bring to raise the awareness. We, we're, we've got to help bring the awareness of the spiritual back into, shall we call it, mainstream thinking again, so that we're realizing as we're developing these technologies and other, and political, everything, all the arenas, financial, you believe there's a huge financial component in all this, right? I mean, these companies are, are thinking, you know, what's in it? Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. But if it was more first, let's think first about humans, then the money, <laughs> then it'd be a very different world. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> it already would be a different world, let alone what's exactly. coming here in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. We have to think about each other, I would think. Yeah, yeah, we're idea. people. Money, too, is a tool. It's, 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 it's a form of earth. Again, we've got things sometimes turned all upside down, and then we're wondering why we're having some of these societal issues right now. I still like to think these issues hopefully are, um, you know, going to lead us to that place that you're talking about, a place of higher That's the plan. You know, That's the growing way. pains, the yeah. growing pains. Exactly. They're growing pains. Barbara talked about this 30 years ago. She said we're at the tail end of the scorpion. And what, what, I, what do you mean by that? Well, where's the venom of the scorpion in its tail? So when the old is leaving, uh, the way she described it, it's like, imagine like you have a wound and it's kind of pussy, you know, it's infected. What do you have to first do? You lance it, you let the pus come out, you clean the wound, and then you dress it. So we're still in sort of that pussy stage where some of this, excuse me, crap has to come out. Yes. So that we can get to that better. But don't think because the pus is coming out that you're going to die. It's it's just part of the process that's got to happen. So some of these things we hear in the news, they were going on already. But now we're hearing it just with lightning speed. And we just have to keep it in perspective. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we just have to keep moving forward. Look at the big picture. Think about yep. heaven and where we're going. and That's right. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, right? Just like... Absolutely. <laughs> and don't Absolutely. settle for Mr. In-Between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. On the path. You've got some fantastic um, offerings on your website right now at spiritualarts.org, global healing and all kinds of things that people can partake in. So I highly encourage you friends to go check out Dimitri's website at spiritualarts.org. All of the books that you and Barbara have done, I think are phenomenal. They're so in-depth and so rich with tons of valuable information 
I recommend them all. And I just wish you so much continued success and happiness in this wacky future that we're <laughs> into right now. And uh, keep us posted. And heaven and, is real. You, we are aiming for it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing what else you're going to come up with in the future. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Friends, check out Dimitri's website. I'll have all of the links below. And just keep heaven in your focal point here as we move forward to a wonderful tomorrow. And I will see you next time on Healing Arts. Hey friends, guess what? My new book, Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds, Understand Your Soul's Journey Through Time is out and available. And you can order this book and visit ancient civilizations, including prehistory hunter-gatherers, Mesopotamia, Babylon, the Persian Empire, Egypt, Greece, Europe, the Americas, Rome, Asia and Australia, and travel into other worlds, including Atlantis and Lemuria, outer space, and so much more. This book features over 50 guided journeys to help you understand your soul's journey through time. So check it out. Visit my website, pastlifelady.com. Click on the book link and order Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds today. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady.